I get older, they stay the same age. <laughs> This is WDBM East Lansing. I'm Bradley Allen, and we are here to talk Michigan State football. I know the season's over, but the recruiting season is uh, coming to an end also. we got National Signing Day uh, in just about a week. So I figured I'd come in and talk a little bit about the Michigan State recruits and who is committed, who we expect to sign. And i got some very special guests in the studio. Impact's own Tony Garcia. You know him from iSports Web. Uh, 24-7 sports, impact sports. Most recently, you know him as the... The Taylor the Taylor Swift uh, yeah. gif yeah, 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 culprit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was is what you can call just me. Just so in awe of you being in our presence. The uh, GIF war starter, the instigator of the GIF war between uh, Wisconsin's Twitter account and Michigan State's that was. Twitter I account. did see that. That was good. That ne- was good stuff. Never did I think that my admission decision from so long ago would be of any magnitude or of any worth to anyone. So it's it, nice to see that a tweet from 1,200-odd days ago wasn't wasted. It was the, the Stanley from the office, right? Yep. You the- <laughs> yeah, the old eye roll. Oh, that's funny. I mean, you called them out, and they, they, were, they, were not, they weren't cool with it, but uh, that was one of the most entertaining things I've seen all week. So I'm glad you got a, got a kick out of it. You guys can check it out online. Uh, the, most, the most hits ever, I think, in WDBM history. Uh, <laughs> Very, very cool. Um, also here, that other voice you hear is Dan Kilbridge, uh, Spartan Insider for 24-7 Sports, Spartan Tailgate. He is our uh, resident recruiting expert for the next 20 to 30 minutes. Yeah, he's here to answer all our questions. Actually, he just came in, He just came here uh, to break the uh, Martinez uh, signing or commitment. Is that right? That's correct. Uh, Michigan State picked up another one today with linebacker Drake Martinez. Uh, some of you may remember his older brother, Taylor Martinez, heck of a quarterback for Nebraska, who gave Michigan State all sorts of problems. And, uh, you know, his younger brother originally committed to Nebraska, transferred to a JUCO after his freshman season. And now, uh, you know, Michigan State recruited him the first time and didn't get him. But uh, second time around, he's going to be a Spartan. Very, very big pickup for Michigan State. Was that a surprise? Were we expecting that? You know, I'm kind of, I've been out of the boat for this whole recruiting season. Um, So was this a surprise? It was a, uh, I think it was a surprise um, going back to a week ago when there wasn't a lot out there about what he was looking to do. Um, But they hosted him on a visit this weekend. I spoke with his dad the other night, and he told me that he thought it was down to Michigan State and Oregon. Um, Oregon did not offer. They got another linebacker. So I, I think once it became clear that uh, Oregon was out of the picture, then um, this was a, a pretty clear move for Drake. Yes, yeah, certainly. I think uh, he he always thought fondly of Michigan State. Uh, I know he he felt the need to commit to Nebraska following Taylor's footsteps. I mean, understandably so. But once that didn't work out, uh, I mean, I'm I'm not terribly surprised. And I got a huge list. I mean, there's there's so much to cover. Uh, this this thing is like I just I thought of uh, what's his name Matthew McConaughey dazed and confused when when you're doing recruiting. It's we, just, <laughs> we keep getting older. These they high school the kids, same age, same age. Uh, once this is done, where you you go right on to talk about the next class and the next class and the next class, and um, it really just never ends. So some of these some of these names I'm familiar with. I've covered them a little bit. Uh, last season, like 
They committed uh, rather early. Brian Lewerke, the quarterback, Noah Listerman, offensive tackle. Uh, huge list of all these commits. Larry Scott's a big name. Keonta, Keonta Stallworth. Um, all these commits. Are they, any of these commits, um, are we worried about not actually uh, following through and signing? I don't think so. Um, you know, that's kind of been D'Antonio's M.O. He doesn't really lose kids that much, whether it be to transfer or, um, you know, kids who commit to Michigan State verbally and then go elsewhere. And I think that's a testament to his patience with recruits. He doesn't um, prefer the hard sell like some coaches do. He just wants them to make sure that they're making the right decision. And maybe he's lost some kids that way. But I think he's got the kids that he wanted that way as well. And right now, um, Ohio State went after Larry Scott, the four-star running back, a little bit, but he says he's 100% committed to Michigan State. So I expect all these kids to sign on the dotted line and send in that fax come Wednesday. Yeah, that's that's the key. I think Michigan State never has, uh, generally doesn't have that that out of nowhere sign uh, or big name on uh, on on signing day, but rarely if ever will you see them losing someone that that they're committed to and when you read all all these stories about when when these commits take their official visit and uh and they decide that Michigan State is the place to be they all sound this they all sound the same it's the the coaching staff the the players the administration everyone's on the same page and i think that they that the, these players really feel committed or like like they are something special I guess the exception to that rule would be last year. Everyone knows this story, the Malik McDowell situation. He was committed. He never, you know, flinched. He was Michigan State, never uh, never differentiated from that. But it was just some of the people in his camp were, you know, not having it. His mother didn't sign his letter of intent. Uh, a huge drama there, but there's not going to be a repeat of that this year. No, I'm having, like, post-traumatic stress right now just remembering <laughs> uh, that crazy circus because it dragged on for so long, well past National Signing Day when he announced for Michigan State. Um, that's a rare situation where, you you know, it happens all the time in the SEC. It's kind of like the Wild West out there this time of year. you got kids flipping everywhere, and you hear all these crazy stories. Uh, Michigan State, I mean, covering recruiting for Michigan State can be pretty boring at times. You know, it's not uh, not a lot of guys leaving. They're not taking kids from other schools that often. Just kind of steady as she goes. It's funny. Uh, isn't Brett? Wasn't Brett Bielema the the guy who says that like Big Ten schools shouldn't be stealing recruits from yeah. other Big Ten schools? And now he goes down into the SEC. Maybe I think they're in the East, Arkansas. Yeah. So not quite the West, but still, it is it is tough down there. And how close were you to? Uh, to the McDowells in this whole fiasco. I wasn't close. Um, he really didn't let anyone in, and I don't blame him. I mean, there was so much going on that uh, it, it was hard to tell, um, you know, where he stood with everything. Uh, his parents didn't talk that much, but when his mom did talk, it was uh, very interesting. So, you know, I, I try not to bother kids um, that often, and in that situation I just felt like, there wasn't much to be gained from pursuing him every day because it was pretty clear that he was kind of done talking for a while. All right, so let's let's flash forward. Let's say it is February 4th right now. It's National Signing Day. Everyone's getting in their high school gymnasium, and they got, they're about to pick a hat, and they're about to sign you know, a, a letter and fax it over to uh, wherever it goes. I'm going to throw some names out there, and I want you guys to kind of react to them and tell me what you think. And... Uh, just uh, heads up, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna pronounce most of these names wrong because uh, I haven't really been listening. You know, I prepared for this a little bit, but 
I just kind of looked at, you know, the content that you provide, Dan, uh-huh. at uh, Spartan Tailgate, and, you know, it's pretty much laid out who's committed, who's not, who's who's leaning which way. Uh, so here's some names I got up. Uh, Cassius Pete, Tempe, Arizona. Cassius Pete is uh, a guy who seems like uh, has been interested in Michigan State lately. I know they've been recruiting him hard. Um, a lot of schools in on him, but it does seem like Michigan State is making a, a late surge here for a, a guy out of the West Coast. Yeah, you know, I um, I think he was uh, UCLA, maybe somewhere he's considering uh, Oregon, Arizona State. Uh, I really thought he was going to stay out there, and he's the outside linebacker. Martinez just signed. I'm not I'm not sure they get this one. This would be a bit of a surprise to me. Yeah, and if he does commit, if he does want to stay home and go to Arizona State, uh, his hometown, Tempe, Arizona, he'll, we'll see him in East Lansing next year or the following year. Uh, we got that home and home with Arizona State that That's starts right. uh, pretty soon. All right, what about Kawarte Sap? Did I pronounce that right? Yeah, um, again, another kid very high on Michigan State uh, and another guy that MSU has spent a lot of time on recently. Um, and they're able to do that because they only have one or two spots left. You see some schools that are still looking to sign a bunch of kids, uh, but Michigan State's able to devote their attention. At one time, it really looked like Tennessee um, for SAP, and I still think they would be considered the favorite. So I, I would guess Tennessee right now, but wouldn't be shocked if he came to East Lansing. I heard the same, and when I say I hear the same, I'm, it's what I hear is from the man right next to us, uh, Dan Killerbridge. He knows everything there is to know. But, yeah, I just uh, – Kiarte Sapp, was he the gentleman bathing in, in his recruiting letters? I just – I can't get that image drowning, out of my head. Drowning in my decisions is what he tweeted with a picture of him in a bathtub with just Hundreds. bunch of letters from – yeah. A waste of paper. Yeah. <laughs> you think we'd get, like, recruiting emails now more often. You know, I get the – every once in a while you send a handwritten letter, but these schools that send these kids – I mean – you hear schools sending kids 100 letters a week or something. How many trees are we losing because of this process? Let's bring it up to date a little bit. I'm, I fully support it. We need to go go green, not just for <laughs> Michigan State, but for uh, the for recruits and all the all the paperwork that you can save and everything. You should talk to Curtis Blackwell about that for next year. I think that would be a good campaign. M- MSU recruiter certainly will try yeah. to put in a good word. But then if he just got emails, he could print the emails out and do it in the same gesture. I've decided, though, that I'm going to mimic that gesture. I'm a senior in college, and I don't know what I'm going to do with my life after. (laughs) I'm flirting with some ideas. I've applied to some graduate programs. I'm starting to apply to some jobs. So I I envision myself, um, you know, not an athletic talent at all and, you know, not no real people interested other than my parents and what I'm going to end up doing, but, like, with, like, AmeriCorps and the Peace Corps letters and, like, uh, graduate school acceptance letters and all that stuff, and I'm going to drown in my own decisions uh, in sort of tribute to that because I got a kick out of that. I'm just going to – I think I'm going to do it. I hope you do share it with us. Yeah. I, yeah, I like it. There will only be a couple things. I don't think I could fill a whole bathtub. but I Just <laughs> <laughs> print out a couple copies of them each. Don't let any of them be on the surface. Right, right. You know, flip some over, some in color, some black and white. You can mix it up. That would be cool. All right, Emmanuel Stinson. Manuel Stinson, I have not uh, heard a ton about him, and I should say that uh, you know when I talk about these kids and, and what I'm hearing on them, a lot of it comes uh, via Sean Shear, my colleague at 24/7. Um, he's really the one who 
chases these kids down and get you know talks to all different sources and then once they commit that's when i really start to get to know um who they are and and what they're about so stinson is not a kid that i have personally talked to um i wouldn't want to you know speak for anyone um but uh some mac offers and uh he's a good player i think from from everything i hear all right and i got quentin smith cornerback Quentin Smith, Tony, what what do you get on Quentin Smith? Quint Quentin Smith, uh, I'm a little behind. He's uh, I was not uh, as up on him being a cornerback to look at as I am jo- a, a few cornerbacks I think of in this class ahead of him uh, that I are Michigan State commits already. Josh Butler, I know is a good one. Um, Daryl Stewart played wide receiver in high school. He but they're, he's an athlete. They're pretty versatile, looking to move him around. And also, um, excuse me, uh, Khalil Gaines yep. uh, out of out of Florida. I think Michigan State has a lot of potential cornerbacks uh, in this class. Yep, I don't I don't expect uh, to see Smith in East Lansing. Okay, and the last one here, Jawan Harris. There you go, Dan. He just uh, decommitted from. So where did he just decommit from? Florida. Is that right? I, I know he's he's a wide receiver out of out of Florida, um, three three star. He's he said, oh, he's his number one right now is Rutgers. He's deciding between Rutgers, Michigan State, and Princeton via his Twitter. Um, I believe that was just two or three days ago. He he was saying that those were his top schools. Um, That's right. He had been a Florida Atlantic commit. Oh, Florida Atlantic, yeah, yep. not Florida. Okay, so I I don't I don't know a terrible lot about him. I've his he's got some he's got breakaway speed is what what I remember watching in his highlight tape. Yeah, and I think really with the addition of Martinez now, I think MSU might even only be looking to take one more player, um, possibly two. But right now, I think uh, Sap and Pete are, are the two guys that they're really looking at hard. Okay, so those are the two guys that we don't know. It, we we're not for sure that they're going to sign with Michigan State. That's that's who to watch for come Wednesday morning. Uh, if you're like me and are likely going to be sitting at work with nothing to do or don't have class yet, uh, you know, turn on 24-7 sports, turn on whatever uh, news outlet to to see where these guys are going. I think, yeah, I, I was – the guys I was thinking those those last couple spots were between were Martinez, who has now accepted it, Sap, uh, who we've mentioned, uh, Juwan Harris, and then Mufi Hunt. Can you – I understand he would have a little bit of a interesting situation with when he would actually come because if I understand it correctly, he's a Mormon and would go on a mission and wouldn't be on campus until seventeen. Uh, well, Sean, you know that's been an option for him. He's talked about doing that. Um, and Sean, my coworker, twenty four seven, caught up with him this morning, and he said as of right now he is considering himself a two thousand fifteen commit. So it sounds like. Um, he, he's not planning to do that mission based on what Sean reported this morning and what he told him. So if that's not the case, then Michigan State could add him to the 2015 class. If he does go on the mission, uh, I mean, you can still add him, and that way it doesn't count against your scholarships until 2017, and then you, you know you get a nice one in the fold way down the road. It sounds like exactly kind of like what BYU does oftentimes. I think that would that would – pay tremendous dividends i mean 66 220 he's got he's got the frame that he can build into kind of built like uh justice alexander yep. the other defensive end i mean if 
there's there's just so much potential. That's he's a big question mark, but I like his upside. He doesn't look like a defensive lineman when you look at him. State's had a lot of guys like that. I mean, Shalik Calhoun weighed two hundred and twenty some pounds when he came in. Look at him now. Uh, Demetrius Cooper was like one ninety five at one point. Um, he's probably going to be a starter this year. So they they are ranging more toward those taller, more athletic defensive linemen. It seems like, and they've built a lot of talent that way. Um, speaking of, isn't Jabari Parker supposed to be on his second year of his mission right now? Remember they had that. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, man. he might go on his mission, uh, college fans, and I don't think anyone believed that for a second. I, I certainly didn't. And Cole Cole Chewins, uh, he's yep. not, he's not ex- he's not a defensive lineman, but off tight end maybe O tackle. He's he's six foot seven, two twenty five. Uh, none of you have ever seen me, and you're you're welcome for that. <laughs> Built like me, long long and thin, but we're, uh, there's there is the hope that um, the former Miami Ohio commit can can kind of grow into that frame. Yeah, and uh, I, I think Michigan State likes him on the offensive line. He was committed to Miami of Ohio on a full scholarship. Michigan State said, "Hey, you know what? We can offer you a gray shirt, which means he won't be on scholarship um, until at least the next semester, or the one after, which is what they did with Jack Conklin." Worked out pretty well with him. He's going to be a first-round draft pick someday. So uh, Miami of Ohio was looking at him as a tight end, and I think that's kind of why he held out for a while because he did want to play tight end, but finally um, you know, thought differently and came to Michigan State to play offensive line. All right. So are we missing any other uh, potential signees that aren't hard commits right now that you think is we need to talk about? You know, not off the top of my head. I mean, like, like I said earlier, uh, it's kind of boring for Michigan State most years at this time because they do um, they do go with smaller classes. There's not much attrition throughout the years, so it's uh, it's maybe not as exciting as some other schools, but it it works. I want to uh, Tony and Dan. You guys both cover basketball too. Uh, I want to do a little analysis comparison here. When you look at Tom Izzo in recent years versus Mark D'Antonio, Mark D'Antonio has never been the guy who's known for getting five stars. A lot of the five stars he does get, or the few that he has got, ended up being you know role players, not star players. The Darquez, the Darquez Denards, um, <clears throat> all his guys that end up going to the NFL, they're lower stars, two, three star players. Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell. Yep. Um, Izzo in recent years, you mentioned Jabari Parker. I do. I would like to read your Jabari Parker signs with MSU article that nobody has gotten to oh, read. Man, it was uh, so good. <laughs> um, beautiful work of prose. <laughs> uh, so Izzo has recently been going out to Chicago, going out to you know these bigger named players to try to get them to MSU, and he's failed. Uh, you know, John Calipari has his number there. So what do you think is? Uh, to kind of compare and contrast D'Antonio versus Izzo recent years in recruiting and the classes they're bringing in and their strategy on the road. That's interesting, Um, and it's kind of hard to do that just because of the numbers in basketball. You know, you only get so many kids, and so like he, uh, Izzo, you mentioned uh, Jabari Parker, um, Tyus Jones, Jaleel Okafor, all guys that Izzo recruited heavily, Cliff Alexander, um, guys who they were in on until the very end, but when you put that much time and effort into one or two kids and you don't get them, uh, it, it does sting and it hurts you a little bit. Um, I, I think we're seeing a little bit of that 
right now, but he's had some good players too. I mean, Gavin Schilling, I think, could turn out to be one of those Darquez Denard-type guys uh, on the basketball court. He didn't have a ton of college interest. He was sort of the plan B in that 2013 class behind Jabari Parker, and he's really come on strong the past month or so. And uh, next year, you know, like you said, D'Antonio doesn't get a ton of those blue chip guys, I guess they'd be called. Um, but Malik McDowell is an example of a guy who's worked out. He played really well this year. Brian Allen, very highly ranked prospect on the line. Um, and both of them played this year. So Izzo uh, has a guy coming in next year, Deonta Davis out of Muskegon, uh, five-star center. And so I think um, we're going to see more of that raw talent, you know, out on the court next fall. But there's no question uh, not getting all those guys that he pursued and put so much time in hurt. Gosh, I hate to follow up such a professional analysis with something <laughs> oh, so so amateur, but I really agree more. I mean the the two the two recruiting styles really are somewhat polar opposite, and I think um, not to not to say, Izzo's been tremendously successful in his own right for even longer, and that's not to take anything away from him. But over as you mentioned over the past couple seasons, I mean his his not com- committing to anyone like Ulysses is another guy who who wasn't mentioned yep. uh good point uh like um Alexander and all all these other guys by by not by telling each different five star that you can be the guy you can be the guy you can be the guy you, that's how you lose out on all of them so it's better it is hard when you put all your eggs in one basket and then don't and then it doesn't work but the way the way Mark D'Antonio has put together his team, it's it's not about talent, it's about a mentality. And that's something that's so often overlooked, but it can't two back to back to back top five finishes, I don't know how much longer it's gonna be overlooked. All right. So, you know, we could talk about this recruiting class for a long time. There's a lot of names I got here on this list of, of commits that we're expecting to sign. Uh Class of 2015, how would you guys rank it uh, as compared to other classes in recent years? I know Michigan State is never up there with the Alabamas, the Ohio States, even the Michigans. Uh, you know, like they, they get a handful of four, four-star recruits, maybe a five-star here and there, uh, but mostly three-star guys. And uh, as far as a recruiting class ranking at the time of uh, their enrollment, not too high. But if I if you were to look back retrospectively, I'm sure uh, D'Antonio has – shown himself to be a good recruiter so rank this year's class uh who are the players to to watch for for next year well we're starting to see a little bit of that uh, rose bowl effect because when you talk about those things it takes a while to change the perception of a program and so Michigan State wasn't winning at that level um, for quite a while before D'Antonio got here. Even when he did get here, it was sort of a slow, steady rise. It was a gradual progression. Now that uh, you've had a couple years of this sustained success, and these kids can see that every year. I mean, these kids were young when D'Antonio kind of started this all in 2010, I guess, is when they really went on this current um, big run. And Some of these kids weren't even in high school then, so... Or I don't think any of them were. I'm I'm not very good at math, but I don't I don't believe any of them were in high school. So this is kind of what they know now, and they're getting kids that they might not have gotten in the past, such as Larry Scott, uh, four star running back, who first time I can ever remember an Ohio kid choosing Michigan State when he had an Ohio State offer. He said no thanks to the Buckeyes and Alabama. 
Um, Raquan Williams, defensive tackle out of Chicago, a four-star guy like that. Josh Butler, their first uh, commit out of Texas in a really long time. So I do think you are starting to see some of that. And as far as their ranking, we've got them ranked third in the Big Ten in the 247 composite, which, again, very complicated um, math things that I can't speak to. But basically, they just uh, compile uh, different recruiting services, Rivals, Scout, ESPN, and sort of create an average ranking. So we've got them third in the Big Ten in the 247 composite, 28th in the nation. That's, you know, maybe a little higher than some years, but pretty much right where D'Antonio's been for a while now. Yeah, certainly. He's always right around the top top 25. Um, you, that's, I, I'd say that's maybe a little higher in comparison to other Big Ten schools, usually Michigan yep. State more around five or six, I think. I th- I think we're still not, as you mentioned, Larry Scott. We're still not giving him his due. He's going to be known as LJ. I mean, he might be one of the best re- recruits to come through in a long time. I mean, he he reminds me of Le'Veon Bell in every, in every positive way. He's uh, he's six one two fifteen, so maybe not exactly the same size, but. He can he can run over you. He can run through you. He can run past you. Some, that's something Le'Veon didn't have in college. But I mean, he 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 scored thirty eight touchdowns this year. Rushed for twenty eight hundred yards on less than three hundred carries. Averaged almost ten yards of rush. I mean, he's just an absolute beast. And that's he's just the, I'd say he's the number one guy of the class. But in terms of as a whole, in comparison to other years, slightly better. A lot of people think. You know, I guess I, I misspoke earlier. He does want to be referred to as LJ, so very, very nice, uh, Tony. And there are people who really think he can come in and make an immediate impact and be kind of the guy, which says something, considering they bring back Delton Williams. Uh, this Madre London kid's apparently pretty good. Gerald Owens, or excuse me, Gerald Holmes. Gerald Owens also, bigger running back. But they've got depth there, so the, the fact that people think this guy can come in and make an impact right away is really saying something. Yeah, Malik McDowell, one of the he's the first uh, he's the freshman that's gotten the most that was supposed to be an impact that kind of made the most impact for I'm saying this terribly. I hope you understand what I mean. LJ can be the the next guy, the next freshman. D'Antonio is not a big fan of playing freshman. I'd say in comparison to others he likes to redshirt as as much as he can. Um but it might be hard to keep this guy off the field. Yep. All right. Well, I think we, I think that's a good note to wrap it up on. The last question I have for for Dan is: of all these high school kids that you, <laughs> and this is going to come like, <laughs> yeah, we're done here, right? That's a, yeah, right. That's a wrap. So, of all these high school kids you talk to, who's the coolest? Who would you hang out with if you like, like who would, who could you most relate to? Uh I don't want to hang out. Do you with want to wait till they sign first? I don't even know what kind of music they listen to anymore. I'm so out of touch by now. I will say um, I do like talking to Kari Willis out of Jackson. I think he's a good interview. Um, another one, Kanta Stallworth is entertaining. A guy who's uh, you know pretty insightful. Tariq Thompson. Uh, he. I don't like talking to him because he had a 4.4 GPA in high school, so he, he makes me feel even dumber than normal when I'm speaking with him. Uh, Grayson Miller, another good interview. So uh, we're going to completely do away with the, the way you preface that question. Those are my favorite interviews in okay. the class. There, there it is. Um, yeah, going back to I've I have not personally spoken with a one of them, so I will let the professional speak to that. However, what I have heard this was uh, this is what I was reading up on earlier. 
I heard uh, Coach Terrell Patrick from uh, uh, from Detroit King. He referred to Tyreek Thompson and said that he is in a class by himself when it comes to athletics, academics, and leadership ability. That 4.4 GPA kind of speaks to it. Um, if we're going to make one more uh, basketball uh, comparison, maybe like a, like a tum-tum in terms of le- leadership ability for someone who will step in as a younger player and still be a leader. And he's already on campus, we should point out, yep. too. He graduated from yep. high school in three and a half years, and he is a Michigan State student. Yep, that's Tyreek Thompson out of Detroit, the linebacker, uh, already enrolled. We're talking commits here. Uh, we'll bring you more before signing day, but stay on the lookout for that. Um, and, yeah, this just in again, Drake Harris. Uh, oh, not Drake Harris, Drake Martinez. There it is. Uh, the, the commit. Uh, see, I'm I'm years behind. All right, we can bump up the clicks. We can right. talk Drake here. There we go. Um, wait, thank you so much, uh, Dan Kilbridge, uh, SpartanTailgate.com, 24/7 Sports, and Tony Garcia, Impact Sports. I'm Bradley Allen. Uh, we got to get out of here. Sex exposures coming in here for uh, WDBME Slancing. Whoa. Yep. Uh, thanks a lot, guys, for coming in, and uh, stay tuned for next time. We'll have Dan Tyler and Andre Sims back for uh, Spartan Red Zone to give you more Michigan State football stuff. So. We'll ride out to some Rolling Stones. I know you uh, yeah. you uh, say you don't like the music of these times and what the recruits are listening to, so here's some Rolling Stones for you for Impact Sports.